Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. It's time for another show dedicated to the world of keto. Check out ketoreset.com for details about my New York Times bestselling book and send your questions to info at ketoreset.com. Brad here to get into it with you. We got some great questions. First, a little monologue, because I have something to say about my wonderful encounter interview with Luis Villasenor last year at Paleo FX. You can see it on YouTube. Probably type in Brad Kern's Luis Villasenor Keto, and you'll find it. And he talked all about the wonderful strategies that he uses with his Keto Gains program. Uh, wow, these guys are doing great work. They have a fabulous website, extremely informative, very serious and hardcore about the approach to make sure that it succeeds. And Luis is a competitive bodybuilder, power lifter, cutting an incredible physique and been working hard with keto for 18 years running. He's been eating in ketosis pattern for that long while maintaining the bodybuilder physique and basically defying uh, previous science that you could actually do uh, power strength regimen, participate in explosive activities like that uh, with a ketogenic diet. It was always believed that you had to slam carbs and protein and be on that bodybuilder mode where they're having six meals a day and having their chicken breasts and their egg whites and uh, the, the protein shakes and all the things that were trying to support that muscle growth and maintenance. So he's kind of a walking, talking advertisement for the great success in the keto gains program that he has. Uh, we talked about some of those matters in the interview, and I just wanted to share this, probably my single favorite takeaway point, uh, when he was talking about, uh, people potentially struggling with the transition over to keto and staying inside those tight macro ranges, uh, saying goodbye to the previous lifestyle patterns where you had your comfort foods and indulgences and cheat days and all that stuff. So his suggestion out of the gate to make sure that you succeed with a minimal amount of pain, suffering, struggle, uh, application of constant willpower to turn things down, he suggested to eat the same thing every single day for a while to get some momentum going in the keto direction. So you custom design a menu with stuff that you really enjoy. I remember when I transitioned over to primal style eating uh, over 10 years ago now, June of 2008, after sitting down with Mark Sisson and learning about his primal blueprint, uh, brainstorm, and the admonition to not consume any grains. I'm like, okay, no grains, all right. Uh, yeah, no bread, no pasta. How about oatmeal? Is that a grain? <laughs> yeah, it's a grain. So uh, I had to depart from the meal centerpieces that I'd had my entire life and try a whole new operation here. So what I did was I traded in my world famous massive mixing bowl of cereal that I'd consumed every single morning for decades, dating back to when I was a, uh, a runner in college and a professional triathlete burning a ton of calories every day and just slamming down this massive bowl of food with an assortment of different cereals and granolas and the fresh fruit and the 
sweetened yogurt and the sliced bananas and the soy milk. Oh my goodness. Uh, so it was something I'd counted on. It was something I relied on. I wasn't metabolically flexible, right? So if I didn't have my bowl of cereal for whatever reason, by 10.30 or 11 a.m., I wasn't feeling right. I was kind of loopy and goofy. And so this was a, an, a difficult uh, thing to put aside cold turkey and just plunge into the world of primal. So what I did instead was I traded that bowl of cereal every single morning for a giant omelet with five or six eggs and a whole bunch of different uh, sauteed vegetables. I'd have avocado sliced on the top. It was a masterpiece, melted cheese, a little bit of bacon in there too. So instead of the cereal bowl, I had the giant omelet every single day. And wow, that was a great transition because I was so nourished and satisfied without that blood sugar spike that set me onto the adverse roller coaster ride of carbohydrate dependency. So as I transitioned over into a primal style fat adapted diet, I had a go-to meal that made it so that I didn't have to struggle or suffer or complain every single morning. Now, as the story continues and we understand the importance of building metabolic flexibility and the benefits that you get from fasting, of course, after, you know what, it took a while, honestly, I'd say, let's say a year later, I realized that on many mornings I would wake up and I wasn't that hungry, didn't really need to go make this giant omelet and stuff it down my face. So I started to kind of drift into a more flexible, spontaneous, intuitive pattern where maybe I had the omelet at three or four days a week, whatever. Other days I would just fast. Maybe I'd have some dark chocolate for my breakfast on a certain other morning and I wasn't wedded to the omelet anymore because I had developed sufficient metabolic flexibility where I didn't need it. I wasn't relying upon it for energy. So when you're initially transitioning over to keto or you're trying it again because you've struggled and had some backsliding, some failure in the past, we want to make it super easy to succeed. So eat the same bloody thing every single day. Start your day out with that delicious omelet if you desire that and get that energy burning in your bloodstream. Maybe it's better to have a nutritious, substantial meal than worrying about pairing fasting calorie restriction with a transition over to a tighter macronutrient profile. Okay. So to make sure you succeed and to build that momentum, especially out of the gate, don't worry about creating a caloric deficit and losing a bunch of body fat until you have built the metabolic flexibility to do so effortlessly. I know I might sound repetitive if you've listened to uh, this kind of thought line for a long time, but at the same time, so many questions and comments and complaints and struggles come in from people that are bombing out on keto. And what's happening in a lot of cases is first, the challenge of tightening up your macros and staying under 50 grams a day of carbs and not eating too much protein. Second, Pairing that with calorie restriction, uh, sometimes on purpose, if they're really hardcore, sometimes just by default because you've gone keto and you have fewer food options and you're taking away some of your go-to meals. And third, making that effort to fast and delay the morning meal because that's what the keto experts are talking about as a fundamental component 
of the whole uh, overall keto lifestyle, keto dietary pattern, including uh, our own books and the Keto Reset Diet, where we're talking about delaying your first meal and seeing how you do until 12 noon and all that great commentary. But if you put this uh, golden triangle together of tightening up your macros to go keto, engaging in calorie restriction by default, because now you're diet is more uh, restricted. You don't have as many choices or on purpose. If you're uh, doing calculations and being really strict and obsessive about things. And then third, striving to engage in intermittent fasting because it's such a highly lauded component of the ketogenic diet and the keto lifestyle as well. Uh, Those three put together at the same time, can become too stressful. What happens when our dietary patterns are too stressful is we start making our own sugar through gluconeogenesis. We activate the fight or flight response when we're fasting uh, from 10 a.m. to 12 noon when we're actually feeling a little hungry and energy depleted, but we want to soldier on and then go into the lunch meal and make sure we don't consume any carbs because we want to stick with this keto thing, even though it's tough and it's hard and we have to go on Instagram and hear positive notes of affirmation from other people who have succeeded so wildly, and you can do it too. And by the way, if you don't, you're going to be a loser. That's the hidden message that's not posted on social media. Okay, so enough of that already. Make sure that your journey is not too stressful. Absolutely don't worry about creating a caloric deficit or dropping excess body fat as your initial goal when you transition over to keto. The main goal is to build metabolic flexibility by any means necessary, and that might mean eating these super indulgent meals where you're getting all of your dietary calories from food rather than tapping into fat stores for a while. Of course, we're looking down the road at that wonderful goal of achieving your ideal body composition and maintaining it for the long term through keto because you can so easily uh, burn stored body fat that, as Mark Sisson likes to say, and get a chuckle at live events, uh, you can have your next meal off your plate or off your button thighs, your choice when you're metabolically flexible. But in the early going, take it off your plate, man. Don't stress it. Don't sweat it. So back to Luisa's suggestion. Let's say you set yourself up for the morning omelet and then you have a delicious salad for lunch, and then you have uh, your favorite salmon or steak dinner with some leafy greens or some broccoli, and you're putting together this wonderful menu, maybe a little bit of flexibility in there. So you have broccoli Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Brussels sprouts, Tuesday, Thursday. Oh my gosh. But another critical point here is that when you are eating the same thing or a very tight menu plan for a while to get your momentum, you also know that you are nailing your macros because you can run the profiles on exactly what you're putting in every day and know that you're into the ketogenic range. This is a common challenge for people who are guessing or having variation in their diet out of the gate and thinking they're in keto and writing letters to the podcast saying, yeah, I've been really strict. I've been really great for four months. And then when you kind of open up the can of worms and dig down a little deeper, you realize that maybe the person is eating 
way too much protein, which can be insulinogenic. It can spike insulin. It also spikes glucagon, so it's different than carbohydrates, but it can still mess up your ketogenic goals when you routinely exceed your protein target. Or maybe you're just not evaluating the carb intake uh, as closely and as accurately as you thought. I remember running some tests with Brian McAndrew, our able audio and film master at Primal Blueprint, a devoted ketogenic enthusiast. You can see his success story at ketoreset.com. So we got all these foods together and we were looking up everything and taking photographs and videos. It's part of the Keto Reset Mastery course. You can see all this hard work we did, but we were showing what does 50 grams of carbohydrates look like uh, in a day. And there you were with two tablespoons of almond butter and a couple squares of dark chocolate and a big old salad with a bunch of leafy greens and other veggies. Uh, there was some broccoli over there. There was uh, some coconut milk that you put in your smoothie and we're adding everything up and saying eight grams here, four grams here, 12 grams here. And actually you got to 50 pretty quickly. In fact, we were so concerned uh, about running these totals and seeing how how little uh, carb intake represented 50 grams uh, when we started investigating and talking to Luis, actually, who has concluded and uh, spreading the information with keto gains that we want you to target 50 grams of gross carbohydrate intake, except you don't have to count leafy greens and avocados toward your carbohydrate totals. Obviously, the avocado being so high in healthy fats, uh, not stimulating insulin. And same with the leafy greens. They have so much fiber and water content that even though a bowl of broccoli is eight grams of carbs or the avocado is uh, something like 18 if you eat an entire avocado, pretty soon you realize that uh, you're going to hit your number without eating anything else. So the official recommendation for Keto Reset, thanks to Luis, is 50 grams of gross carbs. So we're not going to net out our little energy bars and things that are questionable with their calculations and can easily get you into the trouble zone. It's going to be 50 grams of gross, simple calculation, except you can leave aside uh, most of that content of your salad and the avocados. Okay, so how's that? Eat the same freaking thing every day and then... Of course, it's not going to be forever, but of course, come three months time or however long it is that you're trying to transition over to keto, you're not going to be crying tears of frustration and listening, telling stories of failure because it was so tough because you couldn't figure out what to eat or you didn't have it around. No, go to the store, get your menu, nail that menu for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whatever it take. And then you got smooth sailing. You know what? It occurs to me that this simple suggestion to get into a routine uh, and literally a routine of eating the same thing every day would also apply to fitness goals as well. Uh, when I was a pro triathlete and I was training many hours and doing all kinds of different workouts each week, the establishment of patterns and routines was critical to getting the job done and achieving goals. 
For example, I knew that Tuesday morning was the day that we all gathered to do our incredibly awesome seven-hour bike ride in the Sierras with a nice group of people that were driving from far away in some cases. And we had this great congregation going and a lot of momentum knowing that each week we had that on the calendar. Uh, similarly, when it was time for swim practice, that was 5 p.m. and it could have been a rainy winter evening, but I wasn't uh, walking around uh, evaluating the conditions and determining that it was unpleasant for swimming this evening, so I'm not going to do it. I knew that the pattern was in place, so I didn't have to use any willpower or any motivation to get myself to the pool. It was just time for practice. I guess you could make that same analogy in the workplace. When you have a job, you have a career, you're expected to show up and work from eight to five, and you don't have to go hemming and hawing and deciding whether today is a good day for you to work. But yet we apply that sort of logic to uh, our dietary transformation, where we feel like, oh, I'm a little sick of eggs today. Maybe I'll just have some oatmeal just this one time. All right. So let's get a little bit of focus and regimentation going until that day comes when you can have that blissful experience of being metabolically flexible, uh, being able to handle anything, as Dr. Tommy Wood says. So when you get into good shape, when you have good gut function and you've built that uh, momentum toward keto with uh, devoted practice, then you can handle the occasional indulgence. It's not the end of the world. You can recalibrate the next day. Uh, you can engage in intermittent fasting, especially when you travel, or you can sit down and have the omelet that used to be your uh, absolute go-to breakfast every day. Makes sense? It's sort of a different picture to look at. And basically, don't be scared to get super hardcore out of the gate to make sure you succeed. Um, you're probably not going to develop an eating disorder from consuming the same thing every day for a few weeks. It might even be easier than that routine and constant application of that tenuous asset that is willpower, all right? So just go mindless for a while and make sure that when we're talking in three months or six months, that you did it. You were able to adhere to the ketogenic macros and see what it's all about and how you feel and all that great stuff. Good luck. How about a few questions from listeners, readers, participants in the course? Go to ketoreset.com and check it out. Oh my gosh, I really appreciate the feedback from students super enthusiastic people just starting out, some people finishing, reporting good success, some people offering constructive criticism and feedback about how we can make the course better. And it's a dynamic, wonderful educational tool. Don't forget to take the discount Brad 20 and get 20% off the registration. There's also a special deal going on where if you buy enough Primal Kitchen product, you get a free Keto Reset Mastery course. Crazy. Check all that stuff out. Anyway, uh, question coming in from New Zealand. Love the people listening across the globe. So fun. Good day from New Zealand. Just purchased the Keto Reset digital course and have a question. I'm postmenopausal 54-year-old female. I wonder if there are any considerations or tweaks that I need uh, in order to do keto. So this opens up a, a big picture answer because we hear frequently uh, that women can struggle with keto. Women 
might not respond as well as males. Be careful if you're a woman and you cut carbs aggressively. Be careful if you drop body fat quickly because women are made to hold on to fat for reproductive fitness. Watch out for your thyroid panels. They can tank when you go keto. And all these things are pretty relevant. And there's some great experts talking about the ins and outs of that, especially people that are uh, skilled in functional medicine and can bring in those other elements like gut health, and the parameters that are necessary. Uh, basically, we want a healthy specimen starting out of the gate to indulge in this uh, ketogenic activity. But when I hear people making these blanket statements like keto's not good for women or uh, postmenopausal women or women that have had thyroid trouble or any of that stuff, uh, that stuff we need to object to a little bit. So when you have a healthy uh, thoughtful, sensible approach as we present in the Keto Reset Diet and the Keto Reset Mastery Course, where you don't take the next step until you're absolutely prepared and ready for it, then you're going to set yourself up for success rather than this struggle and suffer ill-advised approach where you jump into uh, macronutrient restriction irresponsibly. Whether or not you're postmenopausal, uh, I think would be sort of a, we're, we're talking about uh, symptoms rather than causes of trouble, right? So you could blame uh, keto on being postmenopausal and it didn't work for you, but that's flawed logic. So out of the gate, we want to make sure that you're metabolically healthy. That's my first uh, contention. And that would mean that your gut function is fine. You don't have any symptoms of, uh, I'm mentioning gut function because, uh, it seems to be a really common red flag for people. And there's also people with uh, hormone imbalances where they've been diagnosed with thyroid or adrenal problems. And uh, talk to Elle Russ, listen to her shows on the Primal Blueprint podcast, uh, get her book, The Paleothyroid Solution, because a lot of times this carb restriction and tightening things up can lead to uh, healing when you have adrenal or thyroid dysfunction rather than blaming these conditions. Uh, and for your failure with keto. So I'm not, it's not really a very specific answer to take all the way down to Tamara in New Zealand, but it does open up the opportunity for that big picture answer that you want to be feeling healthy and energetic and digesting food well before you consider doing something like keto. Uh, here comes Nick. My question is, uh, had no problem entering nutritionally ketosis for 90 days, did the Keto Reset Mastery course, also did the Rob Wolf Masterclass. My ketones have been 0 0.5 to 3.1. Uh, now, I did a blood panel at 60-day mark. LDL and triglycerides went up significantly and HDL went down. Waited another 30 days, did a particle blood test. HDL, same level, triglycerides the same. LDLP and small LDLP were high numbers. I'm 6'1", 175. I've been lean uh, for my whole life. I uh, was dialing in my keto macros. My energy has been noticeably uh, improved, constant, stable, and I'm shedding some very slight abdominal obesity. My intent going keto was to improve internal health and sustained energy. So uh, this is a topic that's been coming up with regularity in the ketogenic space where some people deliver adverse blood values uh, in conjunction with their uh, ketogenic eating patterns. And in many cases, uh, this is addressed by 
uh, altering the uh, type of fats you consume or the emphasis on the type of fats you consume. And indeed, Nick continues with this question asking, uh, should I wean myself off of certain fats and stick to the monounsaturated, maybe increase my protein a little bit? Uh, did I do my blood draws too early? In other words, is he going to stabilize? Uh, the most bizarre thing about this is I feel phenomenal with ultra stable energy. So yeah, it's a concern for some people. I think probably everyone uh, deserves to run some blood panels before, during, and after and see how your body reacts. And if you do come up with these unique concerns, uh, I don't want to address them directly on the show because this is not a medical advice show, but obviously he's alarmed, concerned about the uh, dramatic increase in some of these things that are generally regarded to be uh, risk factors. So when that LDL spikes, the particle size, small dense particles spike, uh, it's a question of um, how to modify your diet and try to normalize those things. And that trying to answer this in the indirect way, many people have found that when they alter their uh, fat intake and emphasize the monos more than the saturated fat, that those uh, blood numbers normalize. So good luck to you. Uh, get with a functional medicine specialist so that they can help you probably outside the realm of uh, mainstream medicine. Because I'm going to guess that if you went to a physician who was not uh, steeped in experience with ketogenic diet, he would tell you you're crazy and you got to quit eating all that fat because your blood levels have spiked, but there's a bigger picture to address here. Okay. Next question from Sonny Sebastian. Hey, most healthy fat recipes uh, in your books and so forth and others books involve grass-fed butter and coconut oil. After doing the blood allergy test, Dairies, including butter and coconut, are high allergens for me. Are there enough quality fat recipe alternatives for keto to work for me? Sure, man. Go get some avocado oil from primalkitchen.com or anywhere else. It's the new favorite and has a great uh, stability under heat. So you can actually cook with avocado oil. Uh, it's determined that the smoke point is something like 400 degrees Fahrenheit. So you can definitely do uh, all manner of cooking. Uh, you can use extra virgin olive oil, possibly a little less aggressively, uh, maybe a little less temperature stable with the monounsaturated fat content in both of those. But avocado oil has been uh, found to be an excellent option for cooking if you want to stay away from butter and coconut oil. Here comes Micheline. Question about lean postmenopausal women wanting to go keto. I'm 57. Never had a lot of trouble with food, never did anything but fun exercise. I've always had a great shape and still do regardless of the fact I don't exercise or do the fun stuff anymore. I've always eaten whatever I wanted with no issues. I've been doing a loose keto diet uh, before I jumped in for a full six weeks. I got your book and I'm already down to 126 at 5'8". I haven't weighed this since I was 19 years old, exclamation point. Nice job, Micheline. Well, I know I need to do some sort of muscle-stimulating exercise to increase tone. I'm concerned with going keto for a full six weeks that I might lose some muscle tone. Is it a bad idea to do this if I lose weight quite easily? Uh, and I, should I do any alterations? I'm doing this for health benefits, not for weight loss, obviously. So one thing that comes to mind here is the... Uh, science showing that keto is protein sparing. So when you're in 
uh, ketogenic form, you preserve muscle tissue better than when you're in a carbohydrate dependency pattern. So even though you are not consuming maybe as much protein as the standard American diet eater, you do better with the protein that you do consume. And this concept that keto is protein sparing makes a lot of sense because we're talking about these genetically programmed starvation mechanisms, right? Our ancestors were in keto when they were starving and or uh, finding minimal carbohydrate intake in the diet. And so they had to get really good at preserving muscle mass so that they didn't waste away and start burning uh, protein instead of carbs that they couldn't find in their diet or when they were starving. So when you get into keto, and this is kind of going back to when I started the show talking about Luis Villasenor, he's able to build massive muscle, bodybuilding style muscle without consuming much protein and without consuming hardly any carbohydrates because he's in this altered metabolic state where he's very good at sparing protein. Uh, interestingly, uh, the FASTER study and many other studies have also shown that we get really good at glycogen reloading without having to consume a ton of carbohydrates. Fascinating. The runners in the FASTER study did a three-hour depleting uh, uh, endurance exercise run on the treadmill, and the next day were found to have restocked muscle glycogen without a carbohydrate refeed event. How do we do this? Well, uh, this is the... Uh, uh, the, um, the high fat, low carb group in the faster study. Uh, so they're very good at, uh, for example, uh, splitting off the glycerol from triglycerides from fat and making, uh, whatever glucose they need to go send it back into the muscles and restock muscle glycogen. Also, we know that gluconeogenesis occurs in a, a positive manner, not in the breakdown manner that we're usually uh, talking about gluconeogenesis in the fight or flight response, but you can also make uh, whatever glucose you need from ingested amino acids or uh, stored uh, lean muscle mass. But again, these things are happening happening in an elegant manner, not a breakdown manner, as what happens when a carb dependent eater decides to go keto on a whim and is not good at burning fat or making ketones, and then you're just going to strip lean muscle mass and lose a bunch of weight, like on the Biggest Loser TV show, and then end up burnout, exhausted, and craving sugar. So when you're in keto, all these magical metabolic benefits happen, and you can absolutely go and pursue a strength training or an exercise regimen and expect that you'll get good results, build some tone, and not worry about uh, wasting away. Uh, that said, we want to make sure not directed at Michelin here, cause it sounds like you're metabolically flexible already, but if you're just getting into keto and you've struggled in the past with, uh, uh, fat metabolism issues, uh, storing excess fat, not being able to get it off, uh, you want to proceed gradually with your exercise ambitions while you're doing a major dietary transformation. So you don't want to make yourself, um, too tired from the exercise that's going to push you back in the direction of carb dependency. Makes sense? Good luck. Thank you. Here's Joan writing with deep concern and love for her husband, Jeff. Okay. Jeff has a sweet tooth. He's also always hungry and he snacks on nuts, dark chocolate, drinks bulletproof coffee. The other issue is he drinks beer and eats enough carbs to keep him in sugar burning mode. 
Oh, so he's double dipping is what you're saying. So he's kind of uh, taking his his wife's example, her interest in keto, <laughs> having the fats, but then also banging the other stuff. So he's snacking on nuts, dark chocolate, bulletproof coffee, and then uh, with the other hand, slamming some beer and eating the carbs that he wants. His insulin has to be high because he snacks frequently and is always hungry. My worry is that eating high-fat foods along with high-carbohydrate foods uh, will keep him 40 pounds overweight and lead to insulin resistance. Uh, absolutely accurate. Yeah. So and this is a uh, anyone who's walking around saying, um, uh, I didn't lose weight with the, uh, the, the low-carb primal paleo approach was probably keeping too many carbs in there and then... Uh, indulging in all these extra fats because they're allowed to. Perfect example uh, is the high-fat coffee. So all of a sudden, uh, we watch a video on YouTube or we find about this, find out about this popular cultural trend that you can put butter in your coffee and it tastes great and so on and so forth. And then you're going uh, from that to uh, having a sandwich for lunch or a burrito. So the point is missed there and we're trying to stay in that uh, fat and keto adapted state and escape carbohydrate dependency uh, at all costs. So you really have to make that commitment to ditch the grains and sugars out of your diet before you even think about uh, indulging in this high fat intake. And that's a huge mistake that we see in the keto space and in the primal paleo space in general is pile your plate high with bacon. All of a sudden it's okay again. And oh, yeah, forgot about the uh, the handful of tiny bite chocolates from Halloween time or the things that are leaking in here and there with your Starbucks mixed drink and then you're snacking on macadamia nuts in the other hand. This is a complete um, bastardization of what transitioning away from carb dependency to fat adapted is all about. And yes, it's nice to have those snack options like nuts and dark chocolate and even the uh, high-fat coffee can work strategically for many people, but this is implying and assuming that you have ditched the crap out of your diet before we're even talking about a, a devoted effort to increase fat take. And even for those of us listening who are well past that, who've already ditched the grains and sugars and are strategizing how to best uh, proceed with this uh, keto goal. Uh, there seems to be a trend of over-consuming fat in the name of uh, having a free hall pass to go consume fat. So really the ultimate goal and the best way to get into ketosis is through fasting and uh, skipping meals. And that's where you get the most uh, metabolic and hormonal benefits, the autophagy, all the things we talk about in the book. So uh, it's not the intent to stuff your face with fat in the name of promoting keto or getting a higher blood ketone number or any of those things. So the dietary fat is there with the high satiety factor to keep you going and fuel your energy needs. But at some point, you're going to start getting metabolically flexible enough where you don't even need to uh, snack frequently on fat, let alone uh, letting the carbs leak in here and there. Uh, so that might have just gotten me involved in the middle of a marital dispute. So I apologize for that. But I do give Joan a lot of credit for writing in on behalf of her husband and with with uh, true concern. So we're not we don't want to pick on him, um, but we're pointing out some dietary patterns that are very common and a good chance to talk about it. Yeah, 
Remember John Gottman, America's number one relationship expert in his wonderful contention when he says, uh, as a partnership, as a couple, you're either a team or you're not a team. And there's no in-between. It's black and white here. So you either handle issues as a team or you become adversaries. And Gottman's research can tell out of the gate which direction a conversation is going to head with something like 90% accuracy. So if you start in an accusatory tone or a critical tone, you're going to instantly turn into adversaries and it's not going to go well. But when you start out by saying, hey, we have a problem here. And maybe in this case, the problem is Jeff's diet is uh, leaking here and there and not honoring the spirit of the, um, uh, the, the low-carb uh, ambitions. But that's okay because they're handling it as a team. So thank you so much for your concern. And who knows, maybe I'll get an email from Jeff coming back and we can talk about it from Jeff's perspective. Right now, I'm hoping to escape without anybody uh, uh, blaming me for any further trouble. But That's great stuff to see you guys working on it together. And yeah, man, ditch grains and sugars, and then we'll talk. We'll continue the conversation after we get past that first hurdle. All right. I think that's some good stuff I've hit you with today. Hopefully, it gets you thinking, helps your perspective. Look forward to answering more questions. Info at ketoreset.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and go check out the mastery course. We're really happy to help the students and build momentum in the community. Same with the Facebook group. All we can do to help. Hey, everyone. To all of our Whole30 friends out there, visit primalkitchen.com forward slash Whole30 for a special gift with purchase on our latest and greatest Whole30 approved items. Remember, sauces, dressings, toppings, that makes healthy eating exciting. We have a whole collection of Whole30 items that are super delicious, making an elimination diet like Whole30 easy and flavorful. So this is exclusive to special Whole30 friends. Don't miss out on a chance to collect on this awesome Whole30 deal.